Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. You know, in our modern, rational, scientific age, many folks would dismiss the idea of prophecy as something only for olden times or for the naive and backwards folks. And yet, there is something in each of us that longs for prophecy, to find out what's going to happen next. Where are we going? What's in my future? Something that yearns to hear a voice from beyond ourselves. A voice of promise, maybe. A voice of hope, certainly. And maybe even a voice touched with the divine. And we see that longing expressed in so many stories nowadays. Stories of mythology, fantasy, and science fiction that revolve around this idea of finding out what's going to happen next. For example, Star Wars all about the prophecy of the one who would restore balance to the force. Now, some people today fill their longing for prophecy by doing kind of off-the-wall things, we might say. Searching the stars in their horoscope, looking to the future that way. Some look for promises of technology and human advancement. Some even turn towards charismatic leaders, no matter how off-the-wall their teachings might be. But friends, you and I know there is only one that truly satisfies our longing to know what's going to happen in our future. Only one voice of promise and hope will never fail us. And he and he alone is not only a prophet, but he's also a priest and a king. He is the one the Lord promised through Moses. And he said, listen to this prophet. And that's the theme that we're going to focus on today. Listen to the prophet. Why? Well, because he is our go-between. He is our brother, and he is the truth. So the first reason we need to listen to this prophet is because he is our go-between. Now, nearly 40 years before Moses spoke these words to the Israelites from our Deuteronomy text, they had camped at the foot of Mount Horeb. We may be more familiar with the name Mount Sinai. If you remember what God did there on Mount Sinai, he came down on that mountain in holy fire, didn't he? There was smoke, there was thunder, lightning, cloud covering the mountain for days and weeks. Everything was trembling violently, the trumpet blast growing louder and louder until finally the voice of God spoke, saying in Exodus chapter 20, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. And of course, he continued on with the rest of the law, what we know as the Ten Commandments. Now Moses tells us that at Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai, on that day the people heard the voice of God and they said, no, (laughs) we don't like that, that's scary. They said, let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire anymore, lest we die. You see, the terror of God's law had pierced them to the core. They knew even at their very best, they couldn't hide their sin from this God. They stood before the holy judge in their sinful nakedness, and they knew that only death and hell was what they deserved. But in his grace and mercy, the Lord promised them a coming go-between, an intermediary, an intercessor for them. From our Deuteronomy text, the Lord said to Moses, what they say is good. 
So I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth and he will tell them everything I command him. And this is the prophet who goes between holy God and naked sinners. So we should listen to him. And when we take the Father's promise and link it to the New Testament, we can recall passages like John chapter 6, where after the 5,000 people were fed, when the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who is coming to the world. They saw this person, Jesus, as the one who fulfilled that prophecy in Deuteronomy. Why do we need to listen to him? Well, because you and I today... We're no better off than the Israelites when they stood at the foot of that angry mountain. It might be easier for us to ignore God's law since the ground underneath us is not physically shaking and we're not seeing the terrible things going on on the mountain. We can even try to dull our conscience a bit by telling ourselves that maybe we shouldn't take religion too seriously. Isn't that what the world offers, what our culture offers? Don't take it too seriously. Or we can try to do something else, like dress up our sins with excuses, like, I tried my best. Or other people are doing the same thing, and what about, I, I just couldn't help myself. And the best one of all, it's not my fault. The other thing we can do is try to focus on our so-called good points. Well, I do good things here, and I do good things there, and I act this way towards my neighbors, but all of this, my friends, is just a denial of the truth. We need to hear God's law burn away our pretense. And this comes from the New Testament, mind you. James chapter 2, where God said, whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. So no excuses are going to cover that up. The fact that you and I are lawbreakers. The holy judge knows it. But is there anyone to speak up for us? Anyone to be our go-between? Yes. There is the prophet sent by God. The prophet is our go-between. He goes between you and the consuming fire of God's righteous wrath. And why? And how? Well, it was only him that took the full blast of God's anger against you when he suffered and died in your place on that cross. And he goes between you and the holy judge to cover you over with his perfect record. And it's through faith in him that you are covered with his holy life instead of your sinful nakedness. My friends, his goodness is real. It truly covers that nakedness so that we are declared not guilty in the eyes of our holy judge. So listen to the prophet for the words that he speaks are words of promise. And he doesn't lay down a, a new set of laws for us. He says this, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but rather to fulfill them. The promises, he has fulfilled every single one of God's laws in our place. The promises that he has suffered and died in our spot to appease God's holy justice on us. He promises that he has fully paid the debt that you owe, and all of his promises are true. Why are they true? Because what did he do for us besides dying on the cross? He rose for us. That first Easter morning, he said, death, you're no longer in charge. His body left the tomb in glory. So we need to listen to that prophet. We need to believe in his promises. 
And the next reason we need to listen to him is because he is our brother. He is one of us. Now, how could God the Son cover us with his perfect life? How can he take our place under God's wrath to suffer and die? Well, because God the Son became our brother. Moses makes this clear to the Israelites and to us when he says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. The prophet came from the people of Israel, born of the Virgin Mary, but also from the house of David, from the tribe of Judah. And this baby was a prophet like Moses, but even greater than Moses. Unlike any of the other prophets, Deuteronomy 34 says, And there has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Like Moses, this prophet had a closer relationship with the Father than any other prophet, a relationship even closer than what Moses had. For this prophet, born of Mary, is the eternal Son of the Father, and one with the Father. John chapter 1 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Yeah, only this prophet is the eternal, the almighty, the holy Son of God has become our brother. Galatians chapter 4 lays it out so nicely. But when the right time came, God sent His Son, born of a woman, subject to the law, God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. It's another gospel in the nutshell portion of passage of Scripture. So, as our brother, he kept the law in our place. And as our God, he was able to keep it perfectly. As our brother, he carried our sins to the cross to pay the ransom price of his life. And as our God, that blood that he shed was more precious than all the silver and gold in the world because he is God. So we need to listen to the prophet. Listen to him because he is your God and your brother. He was tempted in every way that you were tempted. He suffered the same way that you and I do, but he didn't fall like we do. He knows exactly the words of comfort and strength that he needs to speak to you in your current situation. And as a brother, he sympathizes with all of our weaknesses. He strengthens you with the promise that no one can bring a charge against you ever again since he has covered everything with his lifeblood. So we need to listen to the prophet because he is your brother. And the final reason we need to listen to the prophet, he is the truth, the truth truth. We need to listen to his word with the utmost conviction and sincerity. For the Lord made clear that the prophet speaks only what God wants. He said, I will put my words in his mouth, the Lord says. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. So this is a prophet unlike any other. He not only speaks truth, he is truth. When asked by Thomas how we can know the way to the Father, the prophet answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He only speaks God's message. He is God's message. He is the word become flesh, and he has carried out all of God's promises. Second Corinthians, Paul writes this, For all promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. 
No, he is the truth. God says, listen to him. Remember the promise he made at your baptism, that through faith you are clothed with him? Remember the promise of forgiveness he makes to you with his body and blood in the Lord's Supper. His promises are true because he is the truth. So as we've been working our way through the text from Deuteronomy, we found out this morning that our prophet is our go-between, he is our brother, and he is the truth. But now we have to answer a tough question. How do we distinguish between what the true prophet brings us and what the world or our culture or our friends or our neighbors or whoever else might bring to us? True prophets and false prophets, how do we distinguish between them? You know, in Bible times, just like today, there have been false prophets. And there'll be people that have come along and say to the rest of the people, bad things aren't going to happen. God is a God of love. Why would he allow anything bad to happen to you? You just need to be good enough. In the Old Testament, they would say, these prophets are coming, telling you the kingdom's going to fall. The false prophets would say, the kingdom's not going to fall. God loves you too much. And then what happened? The kingdom fell. See, false prophets usually carry a message that is just a little bit too positive. Kind of reminds me of the prosperity gospel preachers today who always promise more and more of God's blessing on us while never asking us to repent for the wrong that we do. The prophet urged his followers in Matthew chapter 7 to watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By, your, by their fruit you will recognize them. Likewise, John wrote to the church, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So how do we test the spirits? How do we know if a prophet is truly speaking for God? Well, God gave us two tests in our text from Deuteronomy. And the first question from our text comes out in verse 20. Does the message line up with what we know of the Bible? When Moses said the words, but the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. It's basically asking the questions, does the message line up with God's word? Because if the Bible is God's word and the prophet presumes to speak for God, then what the prophet says should line up with what God has said before. I'm sure you've heard a sermon or two in your lifetime where you may have wondered, well, that's a great sermon, but what does it have to do with God's word? You didn't use much scripture in there, pastor. Well, sadly, I suspect many sermons are being preached this very day and heard on TV and the radio and even in sanctuaries like this around the world that don't accurately reflect the word of God. But preachers are not our only modern prophets. Even well-meaning friends may offer advice. But if they offer you biblical advice, check it against Scripture. Make sure the friend is actually sharing godly counsel. Because God will never contradict his word. Because God never lies. Now, you're only going to be able to perform this test of, is a prophet speaking the truth? Does it follow with God's words? You're only going to be able to tell that if you are somewhat familiar with God's word. And thankfully for us, we don't have to have the whole Bible memorized. Although, if you memorize certain verses that will help you in your situations, that's going to be a blessing. 
But what you want to do if you're not familiar with a certain area of Scripture and you want to know more about it is get a Bible commentary or a concordance or other tools and resources to help you relate whatever topic it is to God's Word. People have asked me what I use in my daily devotions and what I'm studying for a sermon. And I use BibleGateway.com. It costs about $4.50 a month to have access to all of those resources, but for me, they're well worth it. Now, the second test God gives us for checking out whether a prophet is real or not comes two verses later in our text and answers this question, did the message come true? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. Pretty cut and dried, right? A prophet says something's going to happen and it doesn't happen and it doesn't align with God's word. Well, then they're not a real prophet. The person is presumed to know what will be the will of God when in fact they didn't really know because they said something would happen and that thing didn't happen. Now, you might call this test kind of a long view, right? You kind of have to take the long view because maybe it's going to take a while to verify what the prophet's message is and if it's going to come true or not. For instance, some of the prophecies in Isaiah took over 100 years to come true. Yet generally, people understood that Isaiah was a real prophet because many of his short-term prophecies did come true. And you can see that consistency of truth live down in his life. So my advice... When in doubt, wait it out. Maybe do a little bit of research. What, what another trusted Christian friend or another prophet says about that subject, maybe you need to check on that. You know, Wikipedia has an article I find interesting. It's called Predictions and Claims for the Second Coming. And this article lists some 51 different individuals or groups that have made public claims about the date of Judgment Day. Interestingly, 46 of those 51 cases, those dates have come, and guess what? They've gone, and no judgment day yet. So that leaves still, if my math is right, that still leaves five on this page that are in the future, and we'll see what happens, right? But all of this activity and all of this work, when clearly Scripture has tells us that no one but the Father is going to know the day of judgment day. So I don't see why the bother. Why would you mess with this at all? So friends, bottom line is don't settle for imitations. Don't try to satisfy your longing to know what's going to happen, to have this understanding of what the world is going to offer us in the future. Because you know who the prophet is. If you're here today, if you're watching online, if you've got questions about who the prophet is, well, let me tell you, the prophet is Jesus. Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, and he not only speaks as a prophet, Jesus fulfills all the prophecies as our Savior and our substitute because he is our go-between and he is our brother and he is the truth. So my friends, listen to him and believe his promises. In Jesus' name, amen.